Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hey there, my gorgeous friend. How are you? Today I'm super excited, per usual. To dive into number five, the last channel of the somatic channels, and that is emotion. That's right, we're going to go swimming in the deepest of the deep. Now, if you have been listening to any of my episodes at all, we've talked about emotions quite a bit, and that's for a good reason, because they're one of the deepest unconscious somatic channels that we have And they're responsible for our lives, essentially, because emotions dictate so much about our motivations as humans as to why we do what we do and what we end up doing or not doing in our life. And so today we're going to just talk in depth more about emotion. First off, you will know if you're in the emotional channel when you're using emotional language. And Surprisingly, a lot of people don't know what emotional language is. We're not really taught this, but it's usually one word feeling words. And those examples include sad, frustrated, pissed, happy, empowered. It's a one word feeling word. You know you're in the emotional channel. So this emotional channel, it's a conglomeration of of all of your past and current experience. It's the sum of all of the parts. And I've said this so many times before, but it's worth repeating that most of our feelings come from our beliefs and our thoughts and our experiences, which include our beliefs and thoughts about our experiences. Some of the thoughts that we are having are in the moment, but many emotions that we either haven't processed yet, and that's either because maybe we didn't know how, or maybe we couldn't, we weren't in a place where we could, or we just weren't capable yet on our journey. And these emotions are stored, if they're not processed, in our cells in our tissues, in the fascia of our bodies, in our organs, and in our muscles. And this is why, in part, when we are physically active and we engage our bodies in movement and exercise, and in particular, there are certain exercises that will facilitate a deeper connection with our emotions and body or help release stagnant and stuck toxins and emotions. And everybody is unique, but I know that yin yoga specifically and fascial maneuvers are really powerful ways and breath work as well to access the emotions that have been living in our bodies. And there's multiple other modalities. But so this is why that when we are active and move our body, there's always an opportunity to heal and to really access our emotions when we are paying attention to and moving the body, we are allowed different access. And 
because our mind and body are connected, it makes sense that when we move our body, our minds are positively affected. And when we move our mind and use our mind that our bodies are affected. It's a two-way street. And I have said this so many times, but emotions as a definition are a frequency or vibration that pass through the body. And the emotional frequency is usually correlated to the thought or the story and that frequency. And I did an episode a while back about the emotional scale and how certain thoughts will correlate to certain emotions and that vibration. And if you're having a single emotion, it will pass through your body in about 90 seconds or less if you allow it. Now, Ideally, we don't want to ignore or deny our emotions, but that's not always possible because of our circumstances or where we are in our life journey. Ideally, we want to allow them, process them, and then acknowledge them and let them pass through us. And also, in most cases, we don't want to keep holding on to emotions, especially If it's a lower frequency emotion like depression or other dysregulating emotions, we want to be able to navigate and utilize other somatic channels that I've talked about previously to process these emotions and move through them. And this is where somatic practices play a huge role in our well-being and our health. Most of the time, your emotions are stemming from stories and what you've made things mean. So it's like circumstances happen in our life and we make meaning out of them. And we have an opportunity in any moment to go back in to any moment in the past and make a new meaning now. That is the power that you have is to change the story that you decided upon so long ago, especially if it's not serving you. I'm not saying that you're denying how you feel, but what I'm saying is, can you look at it a different way and with a different perspective? Like, can you look at it through the lens of your heart rather than your ego and your heart chakra? And so your emotions are a combination of thoughts, habits, and patterns. And, you know, a lot of us, without even realizing it, we'll get addicted to an emotion, even if it doesn't serve us. And even if we are consciously trying to access different emotions or feel differently, often we get addicted. And this keeps us stuck unless we can calm the mind and body. And through certain practices like meditation or mindfulness or you know, a variety of other modalities, when we can find enough awareness and spaciousness between the emotion and the habitual reaction, then we can start interrupting and disrupting that automatic pattern or reaction to someone or something. Just a really like basic example is, let's say you're used to driving in rush hour traffic and having your coffee and you know, you get upset and you're, you have road rage because you're running late and there's always traffic. So those are unpleasant feelings, but you still get a rush of energy of adrenaline. And if your body is used to feeling that at every day at nine o'clock, and then all of a sudden you're working from home and your body is now being quote unquote deprived of that adrenaline, 
then you might be subconsciously inclined to start a fight or get angry at someone or something or like your body gets addicted to those chemicals without even realizing it. You know, you might get used to a certain emotional landscape where you live. Let's say anger, for example. If your emotional home is in anger or resentment or judgment, then lots of adrenaline and cortisol and other stress hormones are released and it gives us such a temporary high, right? So if things aren't making you angry, then what is normal to maybe someone else feels abnormal and empty and boring to you in your body. And if enough times we repeat the same emotion, whatever that emotion may may be, Our bodies are really smart and then they start designing a chemical and electrical homeostasis around these familiar emotions that are being repeatedly triggered and felt. You know, our body wants to give us more of what we are used to. So when we then try to change our emotional landscape, it can be tricky. I think it's a sad truth and this isn't everybody, but as humans, I think a lot of us would rather stay in a situation or with a person that is harmful or maybe not healthy, but because it's predictable and familiar, so many people stay rather than making the healthier choice that is unfamiliar, unpredictable, and therefore the brain interprets that is unknown and unsafe. That is the summary about emotions. And now I want to talk about your upper limit. So this term, the upper limit, is not new. It's been talked about a lot before with self-help and and healing, and, and a lot of different people have spoke about it. But the upper limit is this. It's, you know how sometimes you sabotage yourself and you don't even realize you're doing it, or maybe you realize you're doing it in the moment, but you can't really stop it. And it's because a lot of times we're not used to tolerating or having capacity for new or more higher vibrational feelings. And I talked about this in a couple episodes back that like, actually, our capacity for joy is limited because it's vulnerable. And it's a bigger, higher frequency that we have to calibrate to. And so we might want to feel joy. But the truth is that our mind and bodies are not calibrated or cannot tolerate joy and sustain it. So then we'll sabotage something that's going good. And we'll tell ourselves a story like, when is the other shoe going to drop? Or it's too good to be true. Or statements like that, that we've been conditioned to have ingrained into our psyche. And your subconscious mind and my subconscious mind, we have programs for everything in our life. And if we consciously want to change that's wonderful. But if we don't get our subconscious programming on board, it's always going to bring your life and you back to that set point for any particular thing. And that's what the upper limit is. So let's say you weigh 150 pounds and you want to lose weight. And let's say you want to weigh 120 pounds. I'm just using weight as an example. This can go for anything. It can go for relationships, jobs, your health, your financial status or ability to make money, really anything. But let's say you've never been able to get under 150. If you have a subconscious program running, 
that says it's hard to lose weight and that you'll have to starve and suffer in order to healthily weigh 120, then what will happen is you will try and you'll do all the things right, but you'll probably never lose the weight or you'll lose the weight, but you won't keep it off because your core programming hasn't changed and your set point will dictate where your body navigates to. It's like the GPS of your life is in your subconscious. I'm going to say that again. The GPS of your life is ultimately in your subconscious. And this sabotage that happens that we do to ourselves, it is often unconscious. And I'm going to just share a few ways that it can manifest because it's tricky and we don't always connect it. It can manifest as us getting sick. If there's something that we deeply don't want to do or if we're, we really want to do the thing but we're afraid or we don't feel worthy, we will get sick. Or if we're feeling overwhelmed, we will get sick. Getting injured, this is a big one. Having accidents, the sabotage, not always, but it is often unconscious. Also, I find that this is a big one. Picking a fight or having some conflict with someone when things have been going good, and typically what's behind that, and it's unique in every situation, is there's a feeling of not being seen or not enough, or maybe you've really been connecting and you feel vulnerable, and then you close back up, or you maybe feel afraid or unsafe, so you start a fight. And again, this has to do too with if we're used to chaos or fights or challenges in our life or suffering, and all of a sudden things are going good, we panic, our bodies panic, because what is actually healthy for us feels sometimes boring or not normal or just not very stimulating. I had a friend, for example, who did this really cool modality called QNRT, and I, I've experienced this as well. And this is like a body-based therapy that helps with our core subconscious patterning and trauma. And I remember her saying that she feels like she's not triggered anymore, but she feels apathetic and that she was so used to feeling like chaos and stress and triggers around a lot of things that as soon as she started to heal, she went through a sort of depression because she felt like something was missing. And that was just her body reacclimating and setting her new set point to what is actually a healthier normal for her, but what felt very unsafe, unnormal, and even boring. And this is a common thing that happens if we do heal for a period of time. And another one is just getting upset for no reason. And that can be for a lot of reasons. It can be stress. It can be capacity. But a lot of times just having to do with this subconscious way that whatever we're holding will manifest itself. So this is the question I want to ask for today. Where in your life, either recently or in the past, can you think of where maybe you've sabotaged yourself, not really realized it, but in looking back, can you connect it with something that you were feeling or going through? Was there a time that you got sick or injured or in an accident 
And this can be like a twisting of an ankle. It can be a falling. Or when do you all of a sudden just like get upset for no reason? Is there a rage that just happens or an anger and your response is disproportionate to the thing happening? Just wanting you to contemplate that and also moving forward into your future, just consider tying it back to really seeing if you can look at your subconscious programming and what that might be attached to. I just want you to be willing to consider that this upper limit problem is what's happening in some, if not most cases in our life. And if you want to dive into the concept of upper limit more, um, I recommend the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. That's a really good one. And there's multiple others, not to mention Joe Dispenza talks about the set point, Bruce Lipton. There's a lot of information out there about it if you want to explore that more. And also, continuing on, just want to say that the emotions can be almost as enticing to stay in as we are enticed to be in our minds. But here's the thing, if we stay too long in our emotions, especially with a dysregulating or painful emotion, we're probably going to be doing more damage than good if it's long term. So the goal for me and I think is that we really want to feel the feeling and allow the feeling and we want to run the emotional energy though through the other channels to help digest and reframe it. As I've mentioned, there's stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline and epinephrine and they shut down our immune system. And it wrecks havoc, not only on opening us up to, you know, pathogens and to having no immune defenses, but stress hormones over time have a lot of other negative consequences in the body. And so if we're having a stress response that's chronic and constant on the daily multiple times, rather than appropriate and occasional, then we're going to have issues. So why would we want to, it's like we don't want to ignore emotions and have them stuck in our bodies and running the show. But we also don't want to entertain them and fan the flames of them for multiple days or years on end, because it's not going to be healthy for us either. There's that healthy balance somewhere in the middle. And I think that's different for every person and in every situation. But You know, I think the key thing in all of this is to say that our behaviors are always anchored by emotion. And that is a huge statement. As humans, we are motivated solely pretty much by emotions. If you think about this, the only reason that we do things is because we want to feel or experience things in a certain way. It's how we think that thing is going to make us feel or not feel. And the same thing that we don't do anything or don't want to experience something is because how we assume or think it's going to make us feel. I think that emotions are gaining, I guess, airtime, but emotions have been poo-pooed especially by our most recent ancestors, is an unnecessary and unimportant thing. And I think it's quite the opposite. I think when we can navigate our emotions with skill and with reverence, and we can take care of our emotional lives, 
we're going to be able to be healthier and do more in our lives because we're more aware of this channel. And if we know how to process an emotion and we're not afraid of feeling any emotion, then our life is not going to be limited because we will be more willing to seek and take and embrace opportunities and situations that come our way because we are going to confidently know that we can navigate literally anything that comes up. If you have behaviors that aren't serving you, you can always find or try to find the emotional root and use the channels to digest this energy. Knowing what our emotions are and why we behave the way we did is really important. It's an amazing way to be in touch with our emotions to break patterns of, say, addiction or overeating or any kind of buffering that we're doing. And that can, can moonlight as something positive. But if we're overworking to distract from our emotions, that's different than working really hard and hustling and acknowledging our emotions. You know, it's a subtle thing, but it's really profound. And so the more we can tune into our emotions and the less we ignore them and pretend they're not there, the less power they have over us in a subconscious way. And I also want to just briefly talk about compounding emotions. This is when you feel an emotion about the emotion you're already feeling, then the emotions will compound and the effects will amplify. Now, if you're feeling joy and you feel joy about having joy, that's a wonderful thing. But if you're feeling shame and you judge yourself and feel anger about feeling shame, then that's going to amplify in a negative direction and it's going to negatively affect you. And so even just if you can learn and we can all learn to just accept how I'm feeling, how you're feeling in any given moment, even just doing that is another layer of self-love and acceptance and it's relief rather than having another layer of self-criticism and judgment and almost in a way it's a form of self-rejection. So when emotion comes up, you know, and then you think, oh, here you go being emotional again or X, Y, Z. It's like, don't judge or criticize or reject how you're feeling because then you just added another layer that you're going to have to unpeel later and deal with. It kind of perplexes me that people think that dealing with emotions is optional because it will affect you negatively at some point if you don't deal with them because otherwise they will deal with you. And so my suggestion for you today, and don't do this if you're driving or walking, but if you want to explore an emotion, just find a quiet, safe space where you can surrender for 10 minutes. I want you to consciously relax your body more and more with every exhale. Set a timer for, say, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever feels good, and just commit to yourself to doing this exercise with all of your awareness. And I want you to, if you're brave enough, scan your body for an emotion that maybe you haven't processed that's going on in your life. It can be something from the deep past. It can be something that just happened today or this week. But see what bubbles up. 
And I want you to really, really relax. You'll probably feel relaxed, but I want you to keep seeing if you can go into deeper levels of release and relaxing your muscles more and more with every single breath out. So just breathing in and out slowly and seeing if there's an emotion that comes up for you and see if it gets too overwhelming you can use another channel. You can change postures. You can focus on, let's say the emotion of shame is coming up or sadness and you're crying or you feel like crying. Where is that in your body? Is it in your throat? Is it in your heart? Do you have, you know, look and feel and sense into the sensational channel once the emotion comes. And you can also you know, always then go into your imagination and do whatever you want with that emotion, but just let it process in its own way, in its own time. And if nothing comes up for you, that's okay. At the very least, you can just explore surrendering and getting more and more relaxed. Set that timer. Let the rest of the world go. Let go of anything that you have to do, you know, today or in the next few minutes and let go of anything that happened before this and see if you can be fully present with you. Because that's also a really important thing in life is can you be present with you? Can you pay attention to you? Can you have your own back even if it seems like no one else does? These are the practices and the moments 10 minutes at a time that will add up to a lot of self-confidence, a lot of self-worth, and a lot of healing. Thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate your presence and your heart and all your likes and all your love. And the most rebellious thing you can do today is go feel your feelings. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.